0: There was a movie that we did called Gross Anatomy, a Disney movie back in the late 80s. And it was a movie with Matthew Modine in it. And they were medical school students. There's a whole bunch of sequences where they're in their gross anatomy lab dissecting bodies. And they were like, well, you know, we can you can get real bodies for like one hundred and fifty bucks and put them on the set. But after six weeks, they would smell really bad and the lights and stuff. So we should just make some.
1: Welcome to Scream Dreams, the nightmares that shaped us, where we sit down with your favorite genre filmmakers and talk about what actually. Terrifies them. I'm Catherine Corcoran,
2: and I'm James A. Janisse, and today our guest is Greg Nicotero. Yay! Hi. (laughs) Hey. How's it going? Good. Very
1: good. Welcome to Scream Dreams. Thank you. Thank you. You are uh, an award-winning, Emmy award-winning, BAFTA award-winning. What other? What other ones should we put in there? Uh, Our company
0: has an Oscar for uh, Narnia. Okay. Um, I think we have like. 15 Saturn Awards for The Walking Dead (laughs) over the years which are you know the Saturn Award is like the nerdy Oscars so they're great yeah Yeah. arguably the
1: more fun event depending on what your taste is well it's
2: not like the Oscars are gonna nominate genre flicks so and it's
0: it's actually done by people who are passionate about the genre so it kind of makes it a lot
2: don't dismiss it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you know, look, I've been I've been doing it a long time.
1: Yeah. Know, so. I mean, you're an incredible effects artist, but you're also a director, a producer. Like I mean, writer, you've kind of run the gamut. Do you have a f- is is effects your favorite or
0: Well, it's it's in my blood. You yeah. know, even shows that um that I'm producing and directing. Like the makeup effects meeting is always the most fun cuz yeah. you get to sort of brainstorm ideas and you know, when I'm, not, uh, when I'm not directing or producing, because we still, you know, my company's been around for, you know, 36 years. We still do effects on a lot of stuff. So, mm-hmm. I like to be in on those meetings, and you know, those, those sort of, at the bottom level, you know, the, the, the canvas is, is, is blank, and you start talking to the director, or the showrunner, or the producer, and yeah. you know, you kind of throw a bunch of stuff out there. There's no budget in, uh, for a meeting, so nobody's like saying, oh, we well, don't have any money. They wait till the next meeting to tell you they don't have any money. So you get all your great ideas out there, and then the next one they go, "But we don't have any money." Yeah, so you know, we can do half of what you talked about.
1: Are you critical of the effects? Is it, I mean, it must be really intimidating to be an effects artist going into a meeting with you. I yeah. would be like, um, I,
0: mean, <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, it's strange because I still feel like I'm that, you know, 19 year old kid working for Tom Savini and George Romero. I, oh. I still have that that passion and that enthusiasm. So when I meet other people and they're like, Oh my God, I'm such a fan I'm like, Me too. <laughs> that I remember meeting Clive Barker for the first time. I remember meeting Sean Connery and the people that I met that I admired and I I, I so I, I still have that. So to me, I think it's weird that people are intimidated by what I've done because I I, I just I'm just a guy who makes monsters.
2: You mentioned K and your your company yeah. has been around for thirty-six years, but your credits precede that too. Was Day of the Dead your your first? Major day of project? the Dead
0: was my first job. Ironically, July twenty-third of this year will be my fortieth. That was the day I got hired on Day of the Dead. Um, I went I was going downtown Pittsburgh to have lunch with George Romero, and we had lunch and he said, Oh, by the way, we got a green light for Day of the Dead. Do you want a job? And it kinda goes back a little while because I had met George um, in the in the late seventies and then when Creepshow was happening, he had said, Oh, you wanna come work on the movie?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was well, I'm getting ready to go to college and you know, I was I was still a little starstruck, you know, and never thought like, Oh, I was gonna get in the movie business. I figured I was gonna be a doctor and follow my dad's footsteps mm-hmm.
2: and um, what kind of doctor?
0: He's a kidney specialist. Okay. Yeah. So when Day of the Dead came up, I'm like, Okay, well, that's not gonna happen again. If I want to do it, I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Like this year will be 40 40 years.
2: Yeah. And what a hell of a movie to have as your first credit, like I that's know. some of the best effects work ever. Like, and da- and types. Dawn of the Dead was Dawn of the Dead and
0: Jaws are my two favorites. Uh-huh. So imagine your first job is the sequel to your favorite movie ever made.
2: Working under uh, Savini. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So I I mean I don't even know how that happened. I don't even know how it happened but it did.
1: <laughs> was it, I mean, we talk a lot about like what actually terrifies us on the show. Was that a scary thing for you or why you, were you just so thrilled? It was like, you, there was no nerves.
0: It was, it was surrealistic. You know I mean? Tom and I became friends. I went to visit the set of creep show and uh-huh. that's when I met Tom and I would go out on Saturdays cause I was still in high school.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I would go out on Saturdays cause they would work six days and I would sit in Tom's lab while they were filming stuff or uh-huh. building stuff. Like when they were building fluffy from the crate, I would go and just hang out in his shop for hours at a time on Saturdays and watch him build stuff. Oh, cool. So to me, it was just, I was a fan. I loved special effects, I loved monsters, and I had an opportunity to watch it being done in my own backyard, so to yeah. speak. I never thought about it as as a career. I never um, I never ventured it, uh, I never thought about it. It just didn't enter in my into my head. That, oh, this is an opportunity right in front of you. I just thought, oh man, this is cool. I'm friends with George Romero and I'm friends with Tom Savini. And when I want to go visit the set, I can go watch filming a movie.
3: Yeah.
0: It's like Hollywood, you know, the same thing that Tom Savini would always say. Hollywood was in his backyard. So if it had been any other town that I had grown up in or any other town that George or Tom lived in, this would have never happened.
2: Oh, are you also from Pittsburgh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't so that's, that. how, yeah. that's
0: literally how it happened.
1: I mean, I guess. Then, what was the shift, though, that you were like, you know, what? I don't want to, to work on human bodies. I want to create, create.
0: (laughs) Well, it's twofold. The first shift was I got the bug. Right. You know, I was working on Day of the Dead. We were making zombies, and I was doing blood gags and spraying blood on people. And, you know, I was Tom's assistant. Right. So prior to that, all the shows that Tom had done. He Had coordinated his department, it was he was a one man operation. I I think on Friday the 13th, he had Tasso Savrakis, he had a couple of assistants, but for the most part, it was just Tom. And then when Day of the Dead came about, you know, Richard Rubenstein and David Ball, the line producer, were like, This is a big gig, and this is bigger than just Tom doing it in his basement. He needs a crew, yeah. So George sort of tapped me to be on the show, and I called Tom immediately and said, Hey, I want to be your assistant. So I was the guy responsible for calling people and getting in the resumes, ordering the materials and supplies. I actually kept a diary, a daily journal of like everything that I did. And I was like, oh, today I called Richie Alonzo and today I called Mike Maddie, and today I called, and it would be like the people who would then finally become big makeup effects artists. Oh. So I would like, oh, I got to, had to call Bob Kelly and order the hair and order the <laughs> skeletons. And so I, I made like a little list every day of the stuff that I did. So that's kind of how it happened. And huh. I just, I was so enamored with it. And, you know, one of the people that worked on, uh, on Day of the Dead was Howard Berger. So, mm-hmm. you know, after Day of the Dead ended, I went and worked on Tales from the Crypt and I worked on A Vision USA with Tom. And then I was kind of like, if I should do this, like I should fly to LA. And and so I moved in with Howard and his family, his, cool. his three sisters who were like, who is this? blonde haired guy living with (laughs) us. Um and that was in 1985. So I kind of just I just went where it took me. Mm -hmm. And that was that was a level of freedom that I was really fortunate to have because it was like, oh we're gonna do this movie and it's gonna shoot in Atlanta. Okay. And I would just jump on a plane and go to Atlanta and work for a little bit. You know, I was like again, I was just a kid with a little bit of money and, you know, Putting two thousand dollars in the bank, which I thought I was like rich. I'm like, oh my god, this is great! I can do anything. So, do
1: you still have that journal?
0: I do, I do. As a matter of fact, I always, you know, anytime anybody does a, you know, an updated making of the day, making of Day of the Dead, the DVDs, I kept every scrap of paper. I don't know what it, I think maybe because I was so enamored with the idea that I was working on, on your my favorite movie. It yeah. yeah. hadn't been made yet. Um, <laughs> that i kept every scrap of paper i kept all the call sheets i kept all the memos um you know i have the original draft that george had written that got changed considerably because the big trick was we were going to do this big i always call it like the 10 commandments of zombie it was like this big epic movie but it would have cost seven million dollars to make (laughs) um or the smaller version, which was the three million dollar version mm-hmm. and Salah Hassanine, and and the, the, the distributor, they're like, we can't distribute an unrated movie for seven million dollars because we'll never make our money back. Mm-hmm. yeah So while we had been prepping the big script and then like a couple of weeks before we started shooting, they said we can't afford it. You got to cut the script to afford uh, three million bucks. Wow. So it all a lot of it ended up in Land of the Dead. A lot of it ended up in some of George's other movies because it was so great. Um, And I remember we were getting ready to go to Fort Myers to shoot the opening of Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And in the original script, there was this big shootout on the dock and they got on a boat and they were like machine gunning zombies in the water. And it was all this crazy stuff. And I fucking loved it. And I remember we were getting ready to fly to Fort Myers and I begged George, I'm like, please just bring some guns. (laughs) <laughs> just in case you have a little extra time one day to film a shootout because I was so in love with that original
2: script. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that original opening. I think it works so well as it is with the just the more yeah. eerie, kind of vacant, abandoned yeah. cityscape. It's,
0: it's so, you know, I, I, it really is tricky for me because people love Day of the Dead so much. But for me, there's a little part of me that looks at it as a fraction of the movie that George wanted to make. Yeah. And you knew what it really, could have been. Yeah. It's really hard for me because, you know, all the conversations I have with people, they're like, Day the Dead's my favorite.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: really? <laughs> Dawn of the Dead? David? Really? Really? the i Really? I'm, sometimes I'm surprised. But again, you know, knowing what it could have been,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, that really, it's a, it's a different movie. You know, they go to this island and they discover this guy who's, Feeding zombies human flesh to train them as an army, and it's really, yeah, it's a big, it's it's great.
2: So with Day, with Day of the Dead, you're thinking about like how it could have been maybe better for you or just bigger. What is your favorite effects work that you've done in in your long career? Do you have a favorite? I, that's got to be such a difficult. <clears throat> it's really question. challenging. That's yeah. a
0: that's a hard question because you know b- before. Walking Dead. We prim- primarily did movies. Like we yeah. really didn't do any TV until Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and that was that was you know sort of an anomaly. And you know the way that Walking Dead got put together was because Frank Darabont brought in people that he worked out with on movies. that didn't usually do TV. That's yeah. why Walking Dead looked the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from Walking Dead, which I'm tremendously proud of, you know, like there's a lot of Sin City. Uh, I love. Uh, just how groundbreaking that movie was mm-hmm. and that sure. we got to we got to adapt Frank Miller's drawings, like doing Marv and Yellow Bastard and yeah. and Jackie Bowie and a lot of that stuff. Those were those mm-hmm. movies were a tremendous amount of fun. Um, and there's there's just something from Dust Till Dawn was was fun. You know, the script literally says and the vampires appear and all hell breaks loose. That's
1: all it said. <laughs> <all hell> <laughs> That's it. So what is hell breaking yeah. loose look like? You So, need to yeah. that so out.
0: we would You know, we'd go on set and Robert would just be like, okay, I wanna, this woman's gonna take a fan and she's gonna fan it open and slit the guy's throat. (laughs) Okay, Okay. and then we would run back to the room and we would prep it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like we had this really unique synergy of it wasn't written and it wasn't planned, but like we would just like, okay, what do you got today? It's like being a chef (laughs) in a restaurant where they're like, there's no menu. You just come up with something and then we'll serve it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and you know Robert and I have have been best friends ever since because he has, you know, he's sort of known for that gorilla style. Mm-hmm. But I think what was interesting for me watching us making *Dust Till Dawn* was he moved faster than the technology did. Like yeah. there were some visual effects in *Dust Till Dawn*, like mm-hmm. some of the melt, vampire meltdowns and yeah. things like that. And we'd have to go over and we'd build a puppet and we'd shoot it on blue screen or we'd have Harvey Keitel melting and we'd have a puppet head and all this. Uh We would do that. And knowing what I know about Robert now, it slowed him down and he wanted to be able to just move it at this pace that he liked to move it. So if you look at his career from Dust Till Dawn through Spy Kids and up until Sin City, he adapted the tools to suit his uh, his desires. Yeah. He wanted to move fast. He wanted to be able to do this. He want So and everything became digital, you know, like yeah. he 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 was whereas, you know, like Quentin is analog 100%, Robert sort of found a way to make the movies the way he wanted to make them, the speed he wanted to make them
3: mm-hmm.
0: by by elevating technology. Like him and Jim Cameron and mm-hmm. and Lucas, yeah. you know, they all did that. They all did that in different ways. The thing about Robert was Robert was this, you know, scrappy dude in Austin yeah, who did it, who defied the odds. And and, and I still, you know, I, I I still really, really believe that more so than the Star Wars movies, I think Sin City and Robert's movies really changed the direction of, of filmmaking because Sin City, we shot all on green screen. yeah, And it was all the actors, you know, we had Bruce Willis one day and then we had Mickey Rourke one day and then, they would shoot scenes and there'd be a chair on set and the script supervisor reading the off-camera dialogue. Yeah. And then you watch the movie and it all everything was all the only set that we had was the was the strip club set. But everything else was done it was put together it was on a green screen. And that was in 2004 and it wasn't like oh, yeah. it wasn't like the George Lucas world where they had millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Robert figured it out on his own. I really believe that.
1: How do you feel about how the technology has moved forward. Like how does, you know, because you're practical based obviously, and yeah. obviously you understand all of it, but you know, the work that you are really, really recognized for is these, these zombie creature builds, which are all practical. Sure. How Do you get frustrated when filmmakers lean into the, the digital kind of,
0: well, that's a great question, and I get asked that question a lot. Here, Here's the way I perceive it, and it's it's a little controversial because uh-huh. I felt like in 93, 94, 95 with The Abyss and Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park. <laughs> everything changed Yeah, because all of a sudden it was like, oh, we want to see a dinosaur. How do you do that? And what that ended up doing was it. there was a lot of movies that nobody could figure out how to do before that all of a sudden got a green light. Mm. Because yeah. then they're like, wow, we have this new tool. This is gonna be great. And you know, it's it's an art form. Visual effects is an art form, prosthetics is makeup effects is an art form, physical effects, wind and rain and squibs and stuff. Yeah. So I always look at it as we're um, pieces of a painting. You the director is the is the painter. So you need our job is to give the director the tools to paint the greatest painting he can paint. Sometimes it's practical, sometimes it's digital, sometimes it's special, you know, like wind or rain or something. And I think the most successful projects are the ones where they're all used sparingly um, and in in concert. Like, and and I'll always reference Aliens as probably the perfectly crafted movie because Cameron used visual effects, he used miniatures, he used guys in suits, he used rear screen projection, intro vision, front screen projection, every, he used every tool in the yeah. book. And from a technical standpoint, you watch that movie and it's, it's virtually flawless. Yeah. From a craftsman who has to understand how to do every single one of those jobs. And that was like people like Jim Cameron who came up from the art department. Yeah. He knew how to do that. So I always look at that. I read an interview with him once where he said, yeah, if I did aliens today, I would do it all digital. And that like broke really? my little black heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think that that's a, that's a, a tribute to, to the technical skill of all of those artists. So now, that, you know, you, look, there's always a, a good use for visual effects. There's a good use for practical effects.
3: Yeah,
0: You know, the, the, the one big... Argument always is the actors prefer to have something there to react to. Yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park is a perfect example. Um, So it's I think it's important and, you know, given now then you think about the move to television. Like when we did Walking Dead the first season of Walking Dead all the zombie exploding heads and stuff. We built these rigs to do it practically because we're like, ah, you know, we're not really sure. So we'd mount like a funnel on the back of a zombie with a little tube that would run off and a bellows uh-huh. and you would jump on it and the blood would shoot yeah. out. So we did it all practically because yeah. it was a challenge. And then I think after the second episode, we were like, okay, it takes us more time to clean the blood up to get ready for yeah. take two yeah. than it would to just do a digital head hit
2: yeah that, digital blood is one of the things i like the least seeing mm-hmm. it but i also completely understand from a production standpoint like you just said to have a practical uh, even a squib or like an, a head explosion you only get one take unless you want to take the time to clean it up yeah. physically on the set whereas with digital you can just shoot two in a row and do it in post
0: well what i usually do when i'm directing is i'll do two or three versions for the vfx And then I'll say, fuck it. And then I'll just do the practical one. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So that you have it set up. Yeah. Just in case, yeah. I'll give you a good example too. There was an episode I directed on The Walking Dead. I think it was the beginning of season five where Rick and Daryl and Glenn have been captured by these cannibals and they're all leaning over this trough and their hands are tied behind their backs. And the idea is these people are gonna kill them and make beef jerky out of them. So they're going down the line And they would hit them and stun them and then cut the throat. Uh And I had like a a day to shoot this entire, you know, seven page sequence. And so I thought, look, I could put prosthetic neck prosthetics on everybody. And then with the tube and the tube is hidden. And then, you know, after take one, it's never going to look quite as Uh good. But then I thought, wait a second. What if we just put the tube around the neck like a choker Uh and it ran down the back? And we didn't cover it with a prosthetic, so on action, when I said blood, the guy would go chch, and the blood would go, and just instantly spray out. There. Yeah. And then VFX went in and erased, erased.
1: the two. Uh. So it's a melding of the two. Yes. I, it's always the, I, I'm such a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, <laughs> uh, embarrassingly so, and I I could watch the the BTS and the making of those films over yeah. and over again, because that's, and you see the difference, like I think personally in, in that series and in like, in comparison to the Hobbit films, because, those fi- the Lord of the Rings films still hold, but the Hobbit films look dated, and it's because they're not melding like you said right. the two the two art forms but together. But that comes
0: from Peter Jackson's understanding. He- just like Guillermo, he was a an effects guy yeah. before he became a director. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Brain, dead yeah. brain dead and bad taste. Brain dead. Still one of my favorite movies. <laughs> uh, so you know, for me, the best uh, effect is one that that utilizes practical with a potential digital augmentation, yeah. whether it's erase a tube or if you have somebody who has a chopped off hand, you just put a green glove on, you know, right. like on Evil Dead 2 with, with Bruce, you know, we had to oh, like, yeah. we, he had his hand cut up, we had to make that goofy little stump thing. And then his arm was like this. <laughs> yeah. You had to make the sleeve so they, shoulder. Make and it like and <laughs> yeah. It's a magic trick. Look, everything that we do, is a magic trick. It's always misdirection, you know? You look over here or, you know, the, one of the best stories that, that that I love to tell is when we did Misery. Uh-huh. So there was a scene where James Caan's laying in the bed and Kathy Bates comes in with the sledgehammer and she's like, oh God, I love you. And she puts the block in between and hobbles him. Mm-hmm. And I remember our first meeting with Rob Reiner, he's like, okay, so we can't cut his foot off with an ax because in the book, yep. she cut his foot off. <laughs> So we came up with this idea. We want to do this hobbling. So we cast Jimmy Khan's feet. And we made gelatin feet and then we go to set one day and like, "Okay, we're going to go to lunch and then you guys get it all ready and then after lunch we'll shoot it." Uh-huh. So they go to lunch. There's two little holes in the bed and he puts his real legs in the holes and we attach the fake legs and we get it all ready and they come back from lunch and they're like, "What the fuck have you guys been doing? We're ready. You're supposed to get it all rigged up and ready." And we're like, Oh, and Freddie, that's the fake legs. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) But the thing that works is when you see that close-up of Kathy Bates and she lifts that sledgehammer, you know it's a real sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a great actress. But but you know that it's – so Rob Reiner uses misdirection. The misdirection is you're telling the audience subliminally, it takes her some effort to raise that sledgehammer. The audience isn't thinking, oh, it's – it's, a, it's Is it a rubber sledgehammer? Is it a fake leg? How, the audience isn't thinking that. The audience is thinking, holy shit, that's a real sledgehammer she just raised. And then the next shot is she winds up and hits and the crack and your brain doesn't, my brain unfortunately does, but the <laughs> average person's brain doesn't dissect from shot to shot. That's why movies work.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So in that particular instance, the misdirection was real sledgehammer, used for all the shots including the impact shot because yeah. if it would have been a rubber sledgehammer on his real leg it would have never looked right. Mm-mm. So, you know, that's that's what I've spent, you know, my career working with the directors that I've worked with is, you know, is taking the audience on this journey. Oh.
1: I think Barbara's coming to join us. Yeah,
2: this happens what? a lot.
1: What? It's, it's just, don't, don't mind the shaking. It's okay, it just, oh. it just happens. She told me that if I just snapped, she'll come. Okay, Okay, ready? Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: What the? What? That's not how Is it's that's... supposed
1: to, no, that's not how this goes. That's so. kind of
2: cool though. How'd you do that? I'll I try don't again. know, it's weird over here. Hang on, I'll try again. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was supposed to happen.
0: Well, her phone's still here.
2: Oh, okay. Should, should we call her? Maybe she. Uh, uh, I'll try the snap thing because maybe this snap thing
0: doesn't really seem to be working. Have you guys done this before? No,
2: no, we have not. Oh, great! I, I I'm so glad I'm
0: the first one. Thanks for that. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Do you want me to try it? Yes. Let's try that.
0: Well, so I just snap?
2: I think just snap. Really? Uh, yeah. She didn't say anything, so. Okay. Yeah. <gasps>
1: so weird out there. Hey, that worked. Yeah. I know. What, oh, you, thanks. You're welcome. Sure. We, we well, you
0: got, know, that's what I do.
1: I know. An expert, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Barbara Barbara was a little busy, but she sent me the side barb oh. to play with Greg. Okay. If that's okay. Oh. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to play a game. Great. So what has happened here is we have Barbara uh, from the beyond has... Um,
0: from beyond. beyond. From beyond. Yeah. See what I did there? <laughs> hey, she was in that movie.
1: <laughs> See what I did there. Uh, so she, she has um, put together a, uh, a a bunch of the assortment of titles of films that you have worked on. Oh, and oh. and in them, she told me that you we are each going to go around and randomly select a title.
0: Okay.
3: And
1: then of those three titles, you are going to have to come up with a creature that could live in the hybrid sequel universe of all of those. Wow. Ooh, okay.
2: <laughs> all <right. So> I'm <laughs> so, working
3: today. <laughs> yeah,
2: all right, so some producer was like, what if we made a crossover sequel with these three yeah. pictures? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and okay. they pitched
1: it to you. And you were like, okay, this is- all right, this, this is,
2: is what the- I would do. Okay, yeah.
1: cool. Okay, you yeah. okay, ready?
0: <laughs>
1: you know what's a nightmare? Dehydration.
2: <sighs> yeah, you know what's an even worse nightmare? Plastic pollution.
1: That's why we love Liquid Death and their evil mission to murder your thirst and kill plastic pollution.
2: That's right. Their aluminum cans are as metal as they get. <laughs> so pick some up today because we all need something uh, refreshing to reach for when we wake up from a nightmare. It's
1: true. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> valentine's day may only come once a year but you want to make sure that you look and feel your best year round and manscaped has everything you need in their performance package 5.0 it comes with a bunch of awesome products and you're gonna love them all for starters the lawnmower 5.0 ultra is gonna be your new best friend This electric trimmer has skin-safe technology to help protect from nicks and cuts, and it comes with their brightest LED spotlight yet, so you can shave anywhere. Some days, just getting out of bed and pulling yourself together can feel like a nightmare, but Manscaped makes it easy. Their performance package also comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0, ear, nose, and a hair trimmer, and all of Manscaped's liquid formulations to soothe, tone, and the refined cologne for a finishing touch. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SCREAMDREAMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code SCREAMDREAMS. Because your grooming upgrade awaits ready to charm your Valentine's dates or just to feel good about yourself. Support the show and get 20% off plus free shipping at www.manscaped.com using the code Scream dreams.
0: This could be terrible. <laughs>
1: Here, all right, you go first.
2: Okay, all right. Oh, I see she just got cold feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do the first <laughs> one. I'm surprised this isn't overflowing with options. I'm sure We had it to narrow. It,
1: I think Barbara had to narrow it down. Yeah.
2: Should I wait until I'm we not, all have? Okay, it, yeah. the first one we have is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Easy. Excellent, <laughs> okay. excellent.
0: Okay. Hybrid of chainsaw
2: with Transformers. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. That's a pretty good one. Mm,
0: yeah.
2: The a car arm turn into a chainsaw?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Kill Bill, one or two. Oh.
0: Well, <laughs> Kill Bill 1 has The House of Blue Leaves, so I would probably go with Kill Bill 1. Okay. okay I so, always think of them as one movie. Yeah. Well, movies. they were. Yeah. They but, just, yeah. just figured.
1: Okay, so it's, it's Texas Chainsaw meets Transformers meets Kill Bill. Okay. Possibly one.
0: Okay, so what I would do is I would say that you would start with a group of ninjas that are um, using samurai swords and chainsaws to dismember people.
1: Oh, they're wielding both.
0: So they're wielding both. So you have some with chainsaws, some with with samurai swords. And then they end up taking the skeletons and the entrails, and they attach them to these Japanese robots. Um and then they start improvising weapons. So you have a chainsaw that actually has, I have to figure out how to get the swords in there. <laughs> or maybe it's, a, maybe it's a sword that's got a chainsaw blade on it. Ooh,
2: a, like Ooh. a moving chainsaw yeah. blade. So that yeah.
0: it ends up being you have these, these skinned human robotic creatures that were dissected with samurai swords and chainsaws. And then are resurrected and use those same weapons to make their uh,
2: army larger. So the viscera is giving the robots life. It's not just like skins. Well, the first thing okay. is you skin them. Okay. So the
0: yeah. so it's like think Ray bloody Ray Harryhausen. Okay, sure. With oh. ash with like a chainsaw arm and maybe samurai arm.
2: Okay.
1: Ah, oh, I like this. Like both. It's very it's very Rodriguez a la. Shot. What is it? Mich- oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rose, McGowan. Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan.
2: Yeah. Planet Terror.
1: Ah, dream. Wish I wish I could do that.
2: I love this, and I don't think Shia stands a chance. I don't think he. Does no, not. I not think. <laughs> I think
1: in this version, in the, in the, in kill. No, in the Texas. In the Texas. Kill Bill transformations. Kill formations. Yeah, mm. that's very good. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Texas right. Kill formations. Blumhouse. There it is. <laughs> Texas Kill formations. Ryan Turk. Jason Blumhouse. Paul Ryan, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're, we've got we've got a pitch for you guys. Um, well, I I, th- I think he won. I think he won the game. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> know.
0: But oh, wait, are you guys supposed to do it too? Oh. Uh, I think each of you. Wait, okay. So that was my version. Oh. oh this is no, what we it's should my do. Case. Now you okay.
2: should. Oh, okay. Or okay. so we
0: should pick three more
1: okay sure yeah yeah
0: so three, i think yeah. you guys should come up that's with fun two. yeah
1: okay also,
2: which uh, texas no pressure chainsaw?
1: <laughs> which i know, cause I know right? thank you jesus only in front of <laughs> which no. texas
2: chainsaw did you work on the third one uh we did part three the jeff burr one
0: yeah yeah um with and ken then foray. yeah with ken foray uh and then we did the uh in the beginning the two there was the two Oh, Platinum Dunes
2: ones. Yeah, the, the prequel to the remake. We did those two, oh, and then
0: we okay. did, and now that we did four of them. Oh, geez, okay. Yeah. What was the fourth one? Was the it the fourth one was the? Is that the Leatherface one yeah. from 2017? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I have a really funny story though. Oh, I have to tell. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> when we did the first chainsaw <laughs> movie that we did, which was part three, uh-huh. there's a scene in the original script where Ken Foree gets decapitated or like the chainsaw goes in his face. Yeah. So he came to the shop and we cast his head and we made a gelatin head. So it was filled with plaster and blood and we had to test it, but we didn't have a chainsaw. So I drove to a rental place in Chatsworth, an equipment rental place, and rented a chainsaw. <laughs> Did and he? went to, and I left my ID there, went back to the shop, chainsawed the head in half. With real blood, meh, I have video of all this. Oh my God! Meh, and the blood got sucked into the motor of the chainsaw. Uh-oh. Blood everywhere, and then I got in the car. I drove back. The guy wasn't at the counter. I put the chainsaw, and took my ID, and left.
1: <laughs> so he thought that there was like real, like. I don't know what he thought. <laughs> I just left it on the counter. I did a film once where I it was I had to get home, and I was covered in um fake blood and I needed to shower and it was like on the bathroom that I had and all of this stuff and I was living in Brooklyn and we had a shared washer dryer in the building and someone would never take their clothes like out of the wash you'd have to wait and i took their clothes out and put them on top and put mine in and wrote just a note that said had to get the blood out and went to bed <laughs> perfect <laughs> i mean it was true yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a lie <laughs> anyway okay all right we'll do we'll do a combined one okay yeah okay, yeah.
2: yeah okay right. what's this Unless... big meaty one what's this guy Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. Oh, so okay, you guys got it. Top. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm not even that familiar with that. I
1: got the Chronicles of Narnia: The oh. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Jeez, well, yeah, this is really hard. I we're know.
2: Like, we're going more. YA I have here. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, there we go. That's uh, that's one that I love. Okay, oh, so. well, you this is up. To, you, this is you
0: guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, damn it! Uh, this is hard. <laughs> well, the
2: nightmare that's might help.
1: Your... Yeah. Hmm. Well, what if? There is a night like what if okay the the the, the I think it's they're called the Balladelaire children I read the books okay in, in a series of unfortunate events have um a wardrobe yes have come across a wardrobe um and uh in one of the orphanages that they're now they're now placed in and when they open the the magical wardrobe thinking that they're gonna go to this like magical place because, you know, finally things are going to work out for them. Mm -hmm. They open it and inside is Freddy. But he also is part lion because- Whoa. Because-
2: Okay. Like a
0: centaur? Yes, like Like a a, a centaur
1: Freddy. Centaur Freddy. (laughs) and, That's
0: pretty wild. And,
1: and he, I'm the king
0: of the jungle, bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then he comes out, and he also has the claws for paws. Yep,
2: exactly. You know, uh-huh. which are which sure, are claws the scratching for paws. All right.
1: on the, on the floor yeah. of, of this. And the bottlers are very upset mm-hmm. because clearly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope so.
1: <laughs> because not only is it lion freddy but also they don't want to wake up the mean orphanage runner woman sure who lives below and (laughs) now they have to now they have to figure out how to convince freddy to go back in the wardrobe
0: oh Oh, he came out i thought you were going to say that they that freddy was going to kill the evil Oh, he's gonna do a favor. Like
1: oh, they go to this is better. Yeah, they lure
0: like, Freddy. Freddy's mm. trying to kill them. Yeah. Yes. yeah, and nobody believes them that that Freddy Centaur is, is alive. It? Yeah, uh-huh. and you do have shots of like the the, the claws the girl, on the, the, the furry ground.
1: Claws. <laughs> yeah, and they're
0: like, can't you hear him? And nobody nobody helps him. And then the evil person comes out and says, "You guys, I've had it with you, and we're sending you off to another or ar- And then, Joe And then the Freddy yeah gets her. Okay. Yeah,
1: I like and then they and like I, and he they become like part of Freddy's world because they've just been screwed over so much that they're like, they just, you know what, Freddy Lion Freddy, we also are become proteges of Freddy. Whoa. And they all they like chop their hands off. It's like that
2: labyrinth off. zone that's yeah. in, oh, that got dark fast. They well, their oh, they chop their off. hands off. I don't know why <laughs> what? they chop their own really, hands off. That got got orphans really dark. cutting their own hands <laughs> off to follow a demonic lion entity. Why not? Yeah. Okay. See, I thought you were
0: going to say when they open the wardrobe, instead of them going stepping into a fantasy beautiful world, they actually unleash the dark horror world comes through, mm. through world. and takes over the orphanage. So oh. then they have to like fight, fight to save themselves oh. from these creatures that have come out of the wardrobe.
2: Or you could take a turn and uh, they have and that, to yeah, help. Turns out it's a nightmare they have to help all the horror characters get adopted from the orphanage, you know? Like try to parents the come line over. Like, like, the line freddies and the chuckies and and the we could have them all. Oh, so
3: then you'd have
0: so then you'd have you'd have Tim Allen from Tool Time. Um he he would adopt <laughs> Pinhead. Oh, you'd have okay. to figure oh, out how to that too. Oh, oh, I was like, "Oh,
1: need that.
2: Thank you." Yeah.
1: <laughs> I needed that. Yeah, now he doesn't have to have Exactly. So Pinhead just stands
0: Pinhead stands there while he's built. <laughs> <And> he <laughs> him, he takes a nail, and he builds a house with pinheads.
2: Yeah.
1: I like this game. Can we do one more?
0: <laughs> if you want. <laughs> okay. Well, I like that I morphed it into something different. <laughs> I, yeah. well, something. That's,
1: I, lo- I love. I love a, this. It's a good we, writer's were, room. By
0: the way, the look of terror on your faces when I said, you should do one, you both went, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we don't No, know. no, no. no not we're, we're pushing it all, all on you. It <laughs> That's <laughs> not how well, it is. How it works
1: now. You guys did great. Yeah, like, thank you. It is how it works now. It is now. I like
2: how Catherine Wah. was the one like, let's just do a combined one. Now she's like, let's do another. I'm
1: ready. Okay, I got. Oh, you want to do another one? Yeah. She wants, yeah. I got
2: Boogie Nights. Oh, <laughs> oh, Boogie Nights. Ooh, oh, right. okay. There's a giant anaconda in there somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, bad anaconda. Uh, <laughs> 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 I got Suicide Squad. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I got Day of the Dead. Oh, ooh, okay. This is so full I'm circle. thinking, you know, it's <laughs> zombie it's, porn actor. <laughs> ah,
1: yes. Oh my God, I I know the an effects artist who has an AVN award for uh and for directing, Doug Sackman who also did that gag the the uh the gag I talked about earlier that I yeah. froze, uh and his it, it's um, it's Return of the Evil Head, that's the or no or Night of the Evil Head or something like oh, that. That's ooh. like the name, and he has an. AVN Award for his horror porn.
2: Um, oh. I'm guessing that's anyway, where Bob sorry. wound up. Uh, Very well. Yeah. Well,
0: look, you figure you got if you if you have a horror porn actor, pieces will fall off them, so then you have to reattach them. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. okay. For potentially between movies and takes. And-
2: well, I'm imagining the hybrid of these movies is it. We know we're late stage uh, zombie apocalypse, as Day of the Dead is, and at this point. You know, these porn actors, they're out of work. You thought video hit their industry hard? Zombie apocalypse, making it even worse for them. Uh So these porn actors have to band together as a sort of suicide squad to try to rid the world of zombies so they can get back to to fucking on camera. It's important work. Someone
1: has to do it. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Interesting. (laughs) Hmm. And, and, you know, they they could befriend uh, Bub as a... the one of the good ones.
1: One of the good. Cool the one of
2: the good zombie porn actors. What and about the, the anaconda? Uh, that's right. Um, that's their their little mascot. It talks.
1: It talks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little Frank Hen action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Any Frank Hen that we yeah. can cram in there. Just cram it in there. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: yeah. I just like I like I want them to be making a porn parody. They are make they're making a zombie porno, mm-hmm. and and
0: somebody gets
2: bit.
1: Yeah. Someone's really a zombie. They yeah. don't know. They okay. think it's just really, really great they're
2: like, Oh, work. we have K and B working on this. That's Why, why it looks would so that? Good. That
0: I feel like that's I feel like that's been made already. That's such a good idea. <laughs> you, you would
2: just assume
0: that if they're making the movie and they're like, you know, the the casting person, they cut the budget and they go out and they like, shit, we need, or they go, they're doing set dressing in a morgue set and they're like, we don't have any money to make dummies, but we can get real corpses for like 150 bucks. Which is true about oh. it. Yeah. So they put real corpses in this morgue scene and then one of the corpses reanimates, re-animates and bites one of the actors. Yeah. Out. Oh,
1: yeah. Wait, but wait. S- s- rewind. You can buy real bodies. <laughs>
0: when we were doing, uh, there was a movie that we did called Gross Anatomy, a Disney movie back in the eight, late 80s. Disney and bought dead bodies. Disney, no, 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 no. hold on! I got to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like bodies. KB's second. It was like our second job, and it was a movie with Matthew Modine in it, and they were medical school students. There's a whole bunch of sequences where they're in their gross anatomy lab dissecting bodies, oh. and they were like, "Well, you know, we can, you can get real bodies for like 150 bucks and put them on the set, but." It, after 6 weeks they would smell really bad and the lights and stuff so we should just make some but i don't think they were planning on it but somebody had said you could
2: just get real ones <laughs> for 150 yeah. bucks that was this was 1980 sure I, but even after inflation that's like I, 500 maybe for
1: <laughs> after inflation and then we
0: went to <laughs> and then we drove to uh Cal State, Long Beach, and they pull the cadaver out for research. And they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they zzz, they unzip
2: the bag. Yeah.
1: No, I've heard about this. Like when you donate your body to science, I just found this out. You don't know like what science is it's going to it
2: would be mad science
1: It uh, like there is a, a science wherein they just lay the bodies on the ground and watch them decompose ah, sure. that's like that's a thing so like you think you're like doing this like noble thing and they're gonna like research <laughs> your brain or something and you're, they're just leaving you on the ground to watch <laughs> you decompose
0: so that's the beginning of the movie the beginning of the movie is somebody donates their body someone leaves it it decomposes and then a film crew comes in to shoot a movie and they film a death scene with fake blood right on that same location. But the actor playing the zombie gets a little rambunctious and bites too hard, and the actress screams, and real blood comes out and hits the dirt. Ooh, Hellraiser style. I'm going style. for Hellraiser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you do the reverse, meh, meh, me. like, you know.
1: But where's the Suicide Squad?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that enough? <laughs> You're like, now you have to pay me, okay? <laughs> no,
0: that's, you know, you guys can fill in the blanks. Sure.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think I got to get this this back to, to Barbara in the beyond. Oh, yeah, you want, beyond, me so. want me to snap you away? Yeah, let's do it.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: How long does it usually take for her to go do this?
2: Uh, I don't know, because, you know, if she's seeing Barbara, I want to give her a chance to chat. It's always fun, too. Well, so. wh- where's Barbara? Like, in Studio
0: City or, <laughs> you know, China? Like, does it take a long time to... Yeah, I have no idea.
2: Um, well, I can... Okay, yeah, yeah, I feel like that should be good. Okay. Uh,
1: hey. anyway, anyway, that's what you were saying. <laughs> yes.
0: I forgot this three hours ago.
2: Uh, um, I've seen a video a lot, and I think they've done it a lot, where... You you have someone sitting at a table and you have a fake hand for them and they know it's fake and they like they're part of it but then you take a hammer and you smash that fake hand but right. they react in pain they still yeah. react yeah. even yeah. though they're they're aware that that's not their real hand yeah it's just because they're they're looking at it from a vantage point where it seems like it they still have a, a almost physical reaction to it yeah yeah, yeah.
0: It's wild.
2: It's magic.
1: <laughs> it is. Speaking of magic, on this show, we ha- always ask our guests what their nightlight is, and what we mean by that, or yeah, what we mean by that is basically, amidst all the terrible horrors of the world, all of the real life <laughs> creatures, all of the things in our nightmares, what is the the thing that keeps you going when you wake up? That is the light in the tunnel, that lets you know it's everything's gonna be okay.
0: Wow. I don't know it's it's hard I find myself a lot of times forcing myself awake like I I know I'm dreaming
3: Uh
0: and I have to force myself out of a dream but in terms of I don't know I, I, I don't I don't know you know I have things that I you know when I that I watch before I go to sleep that kind of you know i sort of turn my brain off but i don't but like in terms of that kind of thing you know look i i i've had some tremendously vivid vivid murder dreams really vivid like where you're the victim like, or the- no where people that i love were the victims oh okay that were and i you know again that my dreams are very often, from like, you know, feeling separated from my family because I'm away filming and yeah. I'm not home. So I have the manifest in these horrible dreams. Um, but, they're, but my dreams are super outrageous. You know, I, I literally had a dream the other night that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in this, I was in this big shopping mall complex. <laughs> it was like a lot of stuff going on. And I had maps, lapses in my memory and I was arrested for murdering somebody. And then I remember just saying, "Well, I don't, I don't remember. I, I couldn't remember if I had done it or not done it." But every, but I was like, "I, I would, I could have." Never. And then I'm, I'm in the courtroom, and there's the attorney, the, the the prosecuting attorney, and he's like, "I got 14 witnesses that saw him do it." And I went, "Maybe I did it. I don't remember." But then I went, "Oh, I'm going to jail for the rest of my life." This was like four nights ago.
1: Where do you think that fear comes from? Is it like a fear that? Of not, not, re- not remembering something, not knowing who you are. That's kind of a, that's kind of a zombie thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the idea of like we talk, we've talked, we talked about this a couple times on the show, but like zombies are, you know, a, a metaphor for a lot of things. But it is kind of this idea. Of like losing yourself, like right. you you look kind of like yourself still sometimes, depending on how far along they are in the in the, in the process, you <laughs> know. Um, but like you're not yourself, and you don't have control of yourself, and there's nothing you can do about it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that one. That one kind of threw me a little bit. Um, but you know, I think my dreams manifest a lot in my surroundings. And like you know, if when I go to sleep, what I'm Watching or thinking about like, I think there was a Dateline episode on <laughs> yeah. that night and my brain went, oh, really? Truman just. <laughs> but of, you
1: think you could be the murderer.
0: I know. Not which, the
1: victim, which is really interesting.
0: Well, I think because when, I, when you watch all of these shows and you see the you see the murderer sitting in court pleading not guilty. And then you see the depths with which they perform these horrible things for me. I have a really hard time looking, imagining like that guy did that. Yeah. How? Like it's, it's part of like sort of my weird, not fascination because I'm not fascinated with it, but my just question about humanity, which is like how, you know, the, the cruelty that people, I, 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 I don't understand it. So I think in that particular instance, I was sort of translating in my brain that even somebody like me who you know wouldn't be capable of it are being accused of it and mm-hmm. in some instances do do it or you know, i don't
1: know do you it think it's very strange do you think that's why you le- have always been attracted to monsters then
0: I, you know when i when i was young i had nightmares all the time to the point where i was afraid to go to sleep because my nightmares were so vivid um but there was also sort of a thrill and fascination behind it like i i even though i was afraid to have the nightmares like they they there was some adrenaline element to it when i would wake up be like, oh. and then are like okay god thank god it didn't really happen i thought that really you know i had i had creature from the black lagoon dreams a lot when i was a kid yeah, yeah.
1: well we've talked about that also on this show like that's the that's what This is very hippy dippy, but that's what Aristotle says in the poetics is the whole purpose of storytelling, like i.e. filmmaking. It's the closest you can be to understanding and feeling something without actually suffering yourself. It's the closest we can get.
0: Well, that's what makes the the horror genre so fascinating because you you witness the the most horrific thing that you can and then the lights come on and you can go home Mm -hmm. and walk out the door. And you know, I, I I know George Romero used to say that all the time. He's like, it's like the best thing about making movies like this. It's like uh, being on a roller coaster. Yep. You know the adrenaline, the fear, but then you immediately counter that with laughter
2: because mm-hmm.
0: your 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 brain works that way.
2: Yeah, controlled fear, <laughs> <like> safe <clears throat> yeah. fear. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, Excuse thank you for taking us on this sure. roller coaster. This has been <laughs> such a treat. I could listen to your stories all day. No, you'll well, thanks. come back for us at some point. I, you
0: know, it's funny. I never, they just, somebody said, oh, we should, we should do this. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to talk about from day to day because whatever questions are asked reminds me of, it. oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know? uh-huh. My brain has a really good way of sort of opening the drawer and pulling a particular those are the best
2: uh, kinds of conversations. Yeah, just, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like,
0: well, thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. What's,
1: what's next for you? What uh, is it? You know, telling more of your with sharing more of your stories. Would you publish your your journals for educational purposes? Oh, Do you have a project in the works that you're that not you're not
0: to related about? to that? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff. You know that that I you know we just wrapped off, uh Daryl Dixon in France. Um, we have the Rick and Michonne series coming out, I think, February 25th. And, uh, you know, it's it's exciting for me because now I'm at a point in my career where I get to collaborate with other filmmakers that I've admired, like Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, and Brian Fuller, and like, we're always sort of talking about like, what are we gonna do together? You know, I, I'm, I'm getting to that point in my career where I wanna work with my friends and I wanna have mm-hmm. fun because it's hard to have fun, you know, when <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you know, the trials and tribulations, it's, it's amazing that anything ever gets made because it's so difficult that every single thing that could go wrong usually does go wrong. But you know, the, the, the advantage that, that people like me and people that have a lot of, is you've been on you know, 200, 400, 600 movie sets. So you go, oh, you, know, you have to kind of yeah. think on your feet. So um, you know, I have a, a, a book, uh, a project based on a book called Swan Song. That I'm really super excited about. We're doing a George Romero biopic about the making oh. of, Night of *The Living Dead*. Oh, great! Because I love the idea that like these ten people just went, "Hey, we should just put six hundred bucks each in and make a movie," and yeah. that's the movie they made. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Um, Where uh, John Carpenter and I are talking about remaking *Prince of Darkness*. Oh, because I said it in an interview once. I went, ah, "I'd love to remake *Prince of Darkness*," and now here <laughs> I am with the writer, you know, wow. um, developing it. And then I have a Dean Koontz book that I want to do. I'm working with Shane Black on a. Uh, there's just, jeez, so there's hard. a lot. Yeah, and I'm shocked that I have the energy um, to do it, but I still have the passion. So yeah. thank God for that.
2: I'm happy you do, and uh, you know, I, I, I working with your friends and having a good time. You deserve it absolutely yeah. after all Thanks. the the well, decades maybe, of hard work. That maybe you put that's in.
1: the nightlight. Maybe that's. Then, that, that
2: could thing. be. <laughs> very well, could be. So, well,
0: well,
3: thanks, thank,
1: guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, until next time. Well, actually, if you liked, I'm so bad at this. I always have to remember. <laughs> if you liked, if you liked what you just heard, we have we release our episodes in two ways. The we release the youtube and audio version that you can listen to but we also release extended cuts on our patreon everything is at scream dreams pod we have an early bird subscription rate i'm not explaining this well but i'm trying my best (laughs) i think i got it it. (laughs) if you like if you like it please like us subscribe share with your friends tell us what you found insightful tell us about your nightmares that
2: Tweet at us, the uh, thing, ring the bell, do it the all, thing,
1: do it all. We're yeah. we're here for it. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> thank you so much thank for you. joining us. Until next time, I'm katherine Corcoran
2: and I'm James A. Janisse. Be sure to leave the nightlight on.